Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter for more than $40 billion. Uh, how much would it cost for Elon Musk to buy the Geek Awakens? Uh, Tabitha, you came up with a answer pretty quickly, so I want to start with you this week. So I thought about it as far as like how, how popular and how cool Twitter is. And if they're worth four, 40, how many billion dollars? I, I think it's like 43 or something. Yeah. Okay, so if they're worth $43 billion... Based on our popularity in comparison to Twitter, based on our platform in comparison to Twitter, I think we are probably worth a solid four dollars and thirty cents. <laughs> Matt, well, at least yours is in income. I was gonna say we probably have to pay him about five dollars to just take on the chore of dealing with us. <laughs> you know. I'd like to say that we're worth a little bit more than that. I'd like to say that if he is buying Twitter, well, he's not buying, but if he buys Twitter for over $40 billion, I'd like to say that he would throw each of us $1 billion or even $1 million. I'm not greedy. I'm a little greedy, but I'm not that greedy. But, I mean... I think you're more likely to get $4.30 each. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'd probably end up settling for like, what? two rounds of drinks at, at a bar or something <laughs> yeah. but not like a dive bar i mean we're talking like a downtown chicago bar i'm gonna get as much out of elon musk as possible <laughs> that sounded gross gotta be a better way to say that <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the geek awakens with mitch matt tabitha lydia and pick it. All right, so we are going to start tonight off with the pool list. Uh, we have two books to talk about tonight. Uh, the first one, where are my notes? Where are my notes? I mean, I have my notes. You can hear them shuffling. <laughs> Here it is. Okay. <clears throat> So the first one is Agents of Slam. It is out April 19th from Oni Press, written by Dave Scheidt with art by Scoot McMahon. Uh, so the Agents of Slam are a team of professional wrestlers who work for POTUS uh, to protect the United States from all threats, foreign, domestic, or extraterrestrial, including their biggest rivals, the World Domination Society. Uh, Matt, did you get a chance to read this? I did. I did. I read this one all the way through. Um it was fun. It was lighthearted. Um, the frightening part is the thought of like the person running professional wrestling. If they were really to try and announce a presidency, I think they would probably get a lot of votes, which is kind of frightening. But that aside, um, I appreciated the... I guess it's a spoiler, so spoiler alert. Um, I, I like the hero slash heel turn for one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was just a clever use of just you know wrestling and the way it works. Um, I don't know. It was cute. It was fun. It was fairly simplistic in its overall like story arc, characters, things like that. Um, but that not necessarily a bad thing. Like you could tell that this was not geared for. This was geared for a younger audience. 
Um, honestly, my only gripe was that we got through the entire thing and we still don't really have an accurate, like a, like a definition of slam. <laughs> like he tried a couple of different options throughout the book and he's like, they ended with one, but nobody seemed sold on it. So, <laughs> yeah. And I really loved that, you know, like, Hey, let's have this acronym and not know what it's, <laughs> right, it's, yeah, what it's it was, fantastic. I, I read the first 15 or 20 pages. I kept waiting for them to explain what slam was and it just didn't happen. I'm like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> but yeah, we, we've read other stuff from Dave and scoop before uh, we read wrapped up. Uh, when oh. it was part of Lion Forge, and that was, you know, like that was that was always a lot of fun. I love love those books. This still has that same type of um, off the wall, or in this case, off the top rope humor. Um, <laughs> we we are stepping inside the squared circle for this for this pull list. <laughs> I was wondering how long that was going to take. I honestly kind of forgot about that. <laughs> did you? I did. I don't. <laughs> Uh, but seriously this book is a lot of fun um and the the good thing about it is like you don't have to be a diehard professional wrestling fan to to really appreciate this book do you miss out on a few things yeah sure but um but yeah i feel like it's I, i feel like it's something that's geared toward you know kids as a whole um i loved how like this book is just it's full of absurd moments to the point where you know like the main character is katie she's this 12 year old like pro wrestling vlogger and she's being asked to interview the president of the united states like that's (laughs) and that is just considered normal in this book (laughs) um also there is one wrestler slash agent of slam called the red reaper uh he is my spirit animal and i'm gonna need an action figure stat yeah he was pretty cool that's fair yeah. So the other book that uh, that I'm going to talk about tonight uh, is called Yagi the Bookshop Goat. It <laughs> is out uh, April 26th from Tokyo Pop by Fumi uh, Furukawa. So Yagi is a goat who loves to read and eat books, uh, and he also has the ability to taste feeling contained on paper. Uh, Yagi just wants to work in a bookstore, and he has to overcome... Um, the herbivore and carnivore stereotypes to win over Ukami, the bookshop manager slash wolf. Um, <laughs> that was so many words. <laughs> I mean, I got about 10 pages into this and I just didn't have time to finish it. But yet it starts out and I'm like, this is just a weird setup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is interesting. And like. I, I haven't written down my notes for this just because, like, I, I finished it when I got home from work tonight, and I'm still kind of processing it. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting because, like, these you know these characters they are supposed to be like anthropomorphic animals, but they are drawn as humans, but with you know like some characteristics. Like Yagi has horns and. Ukami has like wolf ears, you know. Um, so that took a little bit of getting used to. But like the story in itself, it's a cute story. It's, you know, it's lighthearted. Um, fair warning, there are a couple of very adult scenes <laughs> that I did not see coming. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed this. 
Um, yeah, it's just it's just like a cute little rom com, etc. But uh, but yeah, I liked it. So uh, let's get into some trailer takedown. Uh, we have four movies to talk about tonight. Uh, the first matchup is Choose or Die versus The Quest. Um, Matt, l- since all these movies came from you, I- you are like basically the lone like trailer takedown guru. I, I you you like, kind of have become that. I find all the trailers <laughs> for very bizarre and random things. So, so let's start with you with this. Um, so Choose or Die is coming to Netflix. Actually. Tomorrow? Is April 15th? Yes. Yes. Um, it is... There are kids that are trying to play a mysterious horror video game from the 80s in hopes of winning a prize that was left unclaimed when this game first debuted. Um, we watched this one not that... Like, just this afternoon, tonight... And even for Netflix, this got real dark real fast. Um, more so than expected. So um, it looks interesting. It looks like a like a good horror movie, but it's just not really what I would have expected from a Netflix horror movie. Um, and then we have The Quest, which is a mix, I guess they're saying. Um, They're calling it a groundbreaking immersive hybrid competition series. Um, It drops eight real-life teenagers into a fictional, fantastic world of Everrealm, where they must save a kingdom by fulfilling an ancient prophecy through an eight-episode series. Um, It's kind of reality show. It's kind of fantasy. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect from this, but this trailer looks like a lot of fun. Um, I know I'm probably not the target audience for this show, but it just does. It looks like it would be, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I love fantasy, like books and movies and stuff. So this just seems like a kid in King Arthur's court, but updated with a competition and today's CGI. So, um, I am going to go, I think I'm actually going to go six points to the quest and four to choose or die just because it shocked me okay um that's not right (laughs) your math is already wrong and all he said is six and four (laughs) well that's not a good sign mitch (laughs) see i always write down my scores like before we even start um, mostly so that i'm not influenced by you people um you people (laughs) rude yeah whatever um so, quest or die? Um, as far as horror, <laughs> choose or die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now he's putting both the movie and the show together. Oh, that is terrifying. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, so, choose or die. <laughs> um, it did a really good job of being a horror movie trailer. Um, I visibly like cringed at a couple of moments, um, like when the waitress like gets Mm. down on her knees and like put like gets down on her knees on glass and starts to eat glass and then also that dude that like like puts his head in the sink full of like needles pointing up i'm like "Mm, no thank you um 
it did a good job as a horror movie trailer. Zero chance <laughs> I watched that movie. Um, this was like Saw meets the Jum- Jumanji meets The Ring. And I just, I'm not here for any of it. <laughs> um, then we have The Quest, which I had no idea what it was going into it. Um, but this looks kind of cool. I, I agree with you, Matt. I'm not for sure if I'm the target market for this, but it's it's interesting. It's I, I like the concept of it. It's it's like a reality show LARPing experience type of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't know if they ever do a version of this with adults. I'm, I'm try I might, out. Yeah, I might I might be part of that. <laughs> so I am giving uh, seven points to the quest. And three points to choose or die. Tap. Um, the choose or die trailer made me cringe a couple of times, but it also looks like at the end of the day, they're going to show all the quote unquote good parts in the trailer. And so the movie's going to leave not a whole lot of surprise. Um, Netflix, however, the last time I talked trash about Netflix doing a horror movie, it was the Fear Street movies, and I had to eat so much crow. <laughs> Over those movies because they were the, the did crow the crows was not have made eyes? Of, oh no! I, yeah, well, yes, but also <laughs> the crow winning. Um, I was going to say the crows are also not made of glass, but um, so I trust Netflix to make it creepy. But this is also not for me. Like I like my horror to be scary, not what not I like to horror. right. I like to call it torture porn. Like that's not something I'm into. Like that is not my kind of horror. So the quest, however. If this was a real thing, I would sign up like right now. Like you guys would never see me again because I would die in whatever world they're trying to create. (laughs) But this looks like my jam. And I know you said you're not the target audience, but I am. Um, I know I'm not a child watching Disney Plus, but I am an adult watching Disney Plus. And this is 100% exactly the thing that I want to watch. So I'm going to agree with Mitch. Write it down. Put it on the calendar. Put it on the calendar. Thursday, April 14th. Um, I'm giving the quest seven points and choose or die. I'm giving three points. I know I've called you out on this before, but you agree with me more often than you'd like to admit. I know. And it's usually this, though. So I just like to think that this doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I stay sane. That's what keeps me going. Whatever you got to tell yourself. That's what I got to tell myself. (laughs) So... Our next matchup was originally supposed to be Interview with a Vampire uh, versus Stranger Things 4. But hey, Tampa, did you watch the trailer for Stranger Things? No. (laughs) So (laughs) I decided that with one person not watching Stranger Things, uh, that would probably skew things, especially (laughs) when it's just three of us. So uh, we did a last minute replacement with uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. Say that three times fast. No. Um, It is another A24 movie. I'm going to just start off with Interview with a Vampire. Uh, It was a teaser trailer, but even as a teaser trailer, it really gave us nothing. It wasn't even like... It wasn't even like a tease. It was just kind of a... I don't know. A tease? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, And then Marcel the Shell with shoes on. This, I I had been meaning to watch this trailer, but I just hadn't. 
Um, this was probably about the cutest mother effing thing I've seen in a long, long, long time. Um, it's documentary style, and Marcel uh, loses his family, and he basically just lives with his grandmother, and they watch 60 Minutes, and probably my favorite part of the trailer was the grandma going... But... Oh my god. This this movie looks so looks so fun. I I laughed out loud um multiple times. Uh, I I was listening to it. I had my headphones in. This was before Matt and Tabitha saw it, but Matt was down here and I I know that you were kind of giving me like some weird looks, <laughs> but it, it was worth every second of it. Um yeah, I I'm giving all of my points to Marcel. This movie just like yeah, this I like to say that everything, everywhere, all at once is going to be my first four-way foray into A twenty-four, <laughs> not four-way. That's <laughs> I mean that would be everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> but <laughs> but if that movie isn't uh marcel will be my first foray and not four away that i'm just gonna get pointy um i hate you um yeah uh i already didn't care for the interview with a vampire trailer teaser thing tea whatever you want to call it (laughs) mostly because um this is just one of those things that we don't need we don't need it i don't care how dark they're making it look or how different they're going to make it look we don't need it and we've not needed it the whole time and then when you pitted it up against the cutest thing i've seen in my entire life like i teared up a couple times like i was trying real hard to get my shit together in here guys (laughs) and it almost didn't happen at least twice so once again i'm agreeing with mitch all my points are going to that cute little snail (laughs) and the vampires get nothing None so, for you, Lestat. <laughs> Are you willing to share what points you almost cried? Um, the where he was in the car. For some reason, it was when he was in the car and like the garage door opened and he was like walking on the map. And I'm like, he's so little. Like it was just like, oh. And then when he was trying to explain like how long it had been since he had seen his family, like long enough to leave. Uh whatever size hole in my heart and she asked like his handler guy or friend and she, he's like she's like do you know how long he's like two years but he was like oh that's good to know <laughs> and then you just know that there's gonna be a, a death you, you see that come why do you think he's free to go if his grandma was his friend and now his grandma's not going on a trip with him mitch grandma snail gonna go bye-bye i hate to tell you this but that's how he starts out i can guarantee it so we're going to have to watch Grandma Snail become Dead Snail at some point. And I was already preparing for that moment in my head. So now you're tearing up. You're welcome. Matt, before she says anything else, please <laughs> please start talking. <laughs> um, yeah, this interview with the vampire, eight hours. This is one of those things like we have the movie. We don't need an extended, darker miniseries remake of this um i I, i've never seen the original but i know that it essentially is pretty well respected as far as book adaptations go um so why 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 do this 
Um, and then Marcel, I, I, this is just fantastic. Um, we usually expect like creepy weird from a 24 and this was not creepy weird. This was just weird, but cute, fun, awesome, weird. I'm here for this a hundred percent. Um, (laughs) so I am also going to go 10 points for Marcel and zero points for the vampires. All right. Marcel, the shell with shoes on gets a perfect 30. Um, so (laughs) it is now Marcel versus quest. Um, do we even need to do them? (laughs) I mean, on a quest, but still like that little comic (laughs) with like the, whatever it is. And he's got the story. He's always like quest with a W. Yeah. That's Marcel with his very much alive grandma. Um, Tabitha. Keep telling yourself that, Mitch. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give eight points to Marcel the shell with shoes on. Oh, that is hard to say. Um, (laughs) And I'm going to give two points to Quest, mostly because my fantasy adventure loving heart can't allow me to give it no points. Yeah. Uh, now it's my turn to agree with you. I'm also giving eight <laughs> points to Marcel and two to Quest. Um, I think Quest would get a lot higher points if it was going up against any one of these other trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marcel, like, I'm mad at myself that I haven't seen this trailer yet. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I'm kind of glad that it's this fresh in my mind. So, uh, Matt. Um, I'm just going to echo both of you because Quest gets two points because... Um, of the likelihood that we end up watching this is pretty high um, based on the trailer and our love of that kind of stuff. Um, but Marcel just uh, Marcel takes the cake, um, especially when he gets kind of mad at that dog at the end of the trailer. <laughs> that was great. So eight points for Marcel. <laughs> All right. So with a score of 24 to six, Marcel, the shell with shoes on is this week's winner of trailer takedown. Matt, you are the only one to not say this the name of this movie, so you try it. But Do it. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On got 24 points, and it's an A24 movie. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that like when you say the name of the movie in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Define the word with the word? <laughs> like when the name of the book is mentioned on like page four, and I'm like, this is going to be trash. <laughs> You gotta be waiting at least till page one hundred and fifty. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Make me want it. You know? Like maybe tease it a little bit. Yeah. Like don't give the entire name, but yeah. like, or even like have it like set up to where like the first half of the name of the book is like at the end of the page. You flip the page, expecting the other half of the name of the book, and it's not. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> Then I would be mad. That'd be some shit I'd do. <laughs> yeah, hundred <it> percent. <laughs> All right, so let's start some gut reaction. Oof, gut reaction. And we're gonna start with a little bit of box office news from last week. So Sonic the Hedgehog won its opening weekend with seventy-two point one million dollars at the box office. Uh, it's estimated that nearly sixty percent of the audience was families. Um, <laughs> duh. <laughs> Uh, Sonic 2 is one of the few movies in the post-pandemic era uh, to perform better than its predecessor. It's also the biggest launch of all time for a video game adaptation, of course, beating 2020's Sonic. Uh, Morbius came in at number two with 10.2 million, um, a 74% drop from the previous week. Uh, All the thumbs up. 
I haven't had a chance to see Sonic 2 yet because I was in Chicago. I meant to start this episode off talking about Star Trek missions, and I totally forgot. Let's <laughs> get back to it. We'll come back to it. <clears throat> but um, So I haven't had a chance to see Sonic 2 yet. Uh, I'm very excited to see this movie, though. I'm giving this all the thumbs up. Tabitha. This freaks me out, man. I just... <laughs> I just can't be, I can't be comfy. I can't be comfy with anything about this. Like the trailer freaks me out. Every time I pull up any app right now, I'm getting ads for it. And I'm having to look at his creepy little face and I'm just <laughs> giving Sonic a thumbs down. I'm sorry, guys. Why don't you play Xbox over it? Uh, Matt. <laughs> I would never. Yeah, with those fuzzy controllers. That is a Microsoft product. I'm not letting that in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's good that we've finally gotten some video game movies, Sonic, Sonic 2, that are, like, essentially, I mean, I haven't seen either of them yet, but they're, they're good enough to be pulling in box office numbers, um, where for as many years as they've been making video game movies, they have just continued to tank because they just, they're, they're awful. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give thumbs up to the fact that they've now made two Sonic movies that pull in the audiences and obviously have done something to lack algae and do something that other video game movies have not. Uh, so we're going to interrupt this regularly scheduled gut reaction. So I was at Star Trek Mission last weekend. Uh, <laughs> not Seth and I went up for uh, for the weekend to uh, for my birthday, and it was it was it, it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, but it was also like a lot smaller than I expected. Uh, have did I talk to you guys about this at all, like via no. text or anything? Okay, so I would say it was probably. Maybe a quarter of the size of C two E two. It was a completely in like a completely different part of McCormick Place from where C two E two normally is. Um, I expected to see like so like they had this one kind of um, display or whatever for Strange New Worlds. Got to see a lot of the costumes. Got to see a lot of the props. You know things like that. That was really cool, and I was expecting more of that for something like this, but I I didn't. Huh. The only other thing that they that they had was like like this whole like row of like alien skulls, like a Ferengi skull and a Vulcan skull, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, but alien paleon paleontology. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be tired. <laughs> Paleontology? No. That's the same That's word. The same yeah. word. It's yep. just spelled differently. Yep. <laughs> it is. As I said it, I realized it. <laughs> Don't mind me. But um but yeah, but I mean it was still it was still a lot of fun. Um I still managed to leave with way more stuff than I came with. <laughs> um only got to see a couple of the panels. I watched the uh panels for lower decks and strange new worlds uh got to see like some exclusive like uh scenes or whatever both like especially lower decks was phenomenal um but uh i'm mad at myself that i missed the Catherine janeway panel mostly because i was tired 
but getting her autograph and selfie was probably my highlight. Uh, and also, like, I got her autograph and I asked her to write, there's coffee in that nebula on the autograph. <laughs> That's going, like, I haven't done it yet, but that is going next to my coffee maker and it's going to be fantastic. Um, so, Star Trek Mission is going to be in Seattle next year. Doubt I go. <laughs> If it was if it was closer, I'd probably give it another shot just to see if they do something more with it, but right. I'm not traveling across the country for it. So, anyway, that's my review of Star Trek Mission. Mm. I'm giving that a thumbs up. Yes. Thanks. Thumbs up. <laughs> and now we return to gut reaction. <laughs> um Matt, you have some news that is near and dear to my heart. Uh let's talk about the Chuck E. Cheese movie, is it? Um, live action movie and TV show. Live action? Yes. I did not read this article. <laughs> I sh- seriously should have. <laughs> um, yeah, you probably should have. Um, the CEO of Chuck E. Cheese, uh, David McKillops, um, was interviewed by Business Insider recently, and he has announced that inside the company they have launched their own entertainment division. Which their long-term goal um, is to bring Chuck E. Cheese to film and TV. Um, They said that right now they're going to start with merchandising and toys um, before they move into what they're calling scripted entertainment. Um, But uh, that uh, that's 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 on the horizon somewhere. So Chuck E. Cheese will be not just. a place, but it'll be a, a movie and a TV show. I don't know. Um, maybe there's a lot of lore that you could dig into for that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm just. I think I'm gonna have to go thumbs down on this. This this should just stay on stage in the back in the dark. Ew. Uh, <laughs> like, if you don't know by now. Uh, I spent six years of my life working at Chuck E. Cheese, and <laughs> and that place, like, which we could license that music for that little section. Right? <laughs> like, even though I worked there for probably five and a half years too long, <laughs> that place will always have a special place in my heart. Um, the, seriously, like, some of the best times of my life, as weird as that sounds. So... I have to give this a thumbs up. I do know that the company um, struggled hard during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's really hard to play skee-ball outside um, when indoor dining was closed. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, so, you know, obviously they're doing something like this to try to stay viable and stay, you know, afloat. Uh, So anything that they can do for that, yes. That's awesome. Thumbs up, Tabitha. I am physically allergic to giving this anything but a thumbs down. <laughs> so, thumbs down. I have got some interesting, not like dirty or anything, but I've got some interesting pictures from like my last day at Chuck E. Cheese. So, if I think to, that might be the Instagram post for this episode. Oh, I'll look at that. <laughs> I love it. That's not on my list of stuff to do today, Mitch. 
Tabitha. Forever. Yep. <laughs> is talking about Will Ferrell being in the new Barbie movie on your list of things to do today? Uh, unfortunately, it's literally on my written list, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> so we already had talked about how Greta Gerwig is casting and directing the Barbie movie. Uh, Margot Robbie is playing Barbie. Um, but now we have more casting news. We had already gotten Ryan Gosling, Simu Liu, Kate McKinnon, Alexander Shipp, and America Ferreira. And now we have Will Ferrell. Um, we have no plot details. Sources have indicated that there is a very meta aspect to the proceedings of this film, which doesn't alleviate my fears it makes them worse um but pharaoh <laughs> is said to be playing the ceo of a toy company i'm going to assume it's going to be mattel that's kind of what the internet is assuming right now we'll see we'll see how this goes this already wasn't something i was going to watch and then they put will ferrell in it which is the surest way to get me not to watch a movie so thumbs down matt you could put a cast on this movie like they had for Knives Out or for, I don't know, pick another all-star cast movie. Um, and I still have zero interest in in this. Um, and Will Ferrell doesn't, again, doesn't really help that drag it from the depths of whatever lake it's sinking in. Um, so thumbs down. <laughs> um First off, the picture of Will Ferrell in the article that you shared with us, uh, he has not aged well. No. No, he... Uh, yeah, I... Yeah. Yeah, no, no. No, I didn't look at that. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was going to say something, but then, like, I decided... That's mean, even for me. So I'm say just... it, say it, say it, say it. Say it, or you're gonna get it, getting it, get it. Ba, da, 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 da. Marcel, the snail with shoes on. Um, <laughs> or you're getting a shame for no reason. Oh, I had to keep track of that. I mean, you shame me for no reason anyway, and you might shame me for this anyway. But um, Will Ferrell looks like a seventy-year-old lesbian. Uh, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong cannot <laughs> i cannot and will not tell you that's you are not <laughs> that said i mean he could remake golden girls he'd make a great dorothy yeah he would yeah, yeah. And that's <laughs> not an insult to be arthur that is a that is being nice to will ferrell but that said like this is a shame with this movie because it does have an interesting cast. Um, I mean, as far as Kate McKinnon and Simu, um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's another hard to say name. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, especially with those two, uh, there are a couple of others. I'm not much of a Margot Robbie hater as some people are. Uh, she's not my favorite actress, but whatever. Uh, that said, I, I'm not interested in this movie at all. So thumbs down. So. Coming soon to a theater near you, uh, Spirit Halloween, based on the seasonal store uh, by the same name, starring Christopher Lloyd and Rachel Lee Cook. Uh, From the log line for this movie, quote, 
when a new spirit Halloween store appears in a deserted strip mall, three middle school friends who think they've outgrown trick-or-treating make a dare to spend the night locked inside the store Halloween night. Uh, but they soon find out that the store is haunted by an angry evil spirit who has possessed the creepy animatronic characters. If they had named this store anything but Spirit Halloween, this would at least get a thumb sideways for me. <laughs> I don't think that I would ever watch it, but I would think that it's at least like funny and kind of clever. Um, by them you know, going all in, this is going to just be a feature-length commercial for Spirit Halloween. I'm not really here for it. Uh, thumbs down. Tabitha. So I, I'm caught in a quandary. I'm caught in a couple of quandaries with this. Because I, as we have realized, have a soft spot for a good, bad movie. And this feels like that is exactly what this is going to be. The other thing I have a soft spot for is Rachel Lee Cook. Girl, where you been? Like, where have you been? You were in She's All That and then you just vanished and now you're coming back for a spirit. Like, you are literally the empty store in the mall. Like, there is some meta representative shit happening with this story. I don't care who says what. So, also, this is going to make me cringe laugh, which I love to do at horror movies. So I'm, I gotta give this like a, I'm almost in like thumbs up mode. <laughs> I'm in like a solid like thumbs three quarters mode. Matt. So I grew up watching the Back to the Future movies. So I have always had, I've always enjoyed watching Christopher Lloyd do pretty much whatever acting he's done because it just harkens back to Back to the Future for me. I think I'm partially with Mitch on the fact that if you had just named this something else instead of made it a giant commercial, I'd be more apt to be all in for this. Um, also, everybody knows that by Halloween, the spirit Halloween store is basically empty. There's there's nothing left in there. Like, they've sold it all. So what's there left to hide behind? Um, I didn't, I'm torn. I'm not sure. I'm just going to go thumb sideways. Matt, let's talk about Leonard Nimoy. So, as we all know, the great and amazing Leonard Nimoy, as Spock in the original Star Trek, um, after the series was over, he got to take home a pair of the Spock ears. Um, and he kept them in a special case at home, essentially forever. Now, his family has taken those ears and have donated them to the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. Um, they are going to put them on display with a couple of other um, Star Trek memorabilia and um, like the spaceship from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, um, X-Wing from Star Wars, so a number of other like sci-fi movie what's the word? Props. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing is that these um, the donation is honoring the Bayat Shuva and the Leonard Nimoy COPD Research Fund at, uh, at UCLA um, that are two organizations supported by the family, um, and they are dedicated to the Vulcan salutation of long life and prosperity. Um, I think this is fantastic. I love it. Um, his passing 
you know, it, it's a way to honor his passing um, and to let everybody see an actual piece of like sci-fi TV history. So thumbs up. Yeah, this whole thing is very logical. Thumbs up, Tabitha. Thumbs up. This is cute. You like almost got a shame removed for that one. That was pretty good. <laughs> you were real close. Dang it. All right. Let's go from Star Trek to Star Wars and go to the Baby Yoda news desk. So this is a very short segment of the Baby Yoda. Just like Baby Yoda. Yes. But also not really like this story. What the, I was as bad as you about the segue. Anyway. <laughs> Target is selling a giant baby Yoda gummy. Like a not like a not like a like an adult gummy, like a like a child gummy. I know I'm really sorry. Um it weighs in at six point seven ounces. He's fruit punch flavored, which kind of freaks me out considering he's green. I would have thought he would be lemon lime flavored. Green apple. Or frog. Frog. Well, speaking of frog, he comes with his own cute little gummy frog. No. So it's baby Yoda and a little gummy frog in the package. It's four ninety nine and it is available at our local Target in case anybody wanted to get me anything for Easter. <laughs> I'm not gonna eat it, that was the problem, because I would have a it's one of those things. Like I can't eat an Easter bunny. It freaks me out. I don't want it to look at me. It's got a face, man. To take the eyes off. How? But that doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> it's anyway, not real. It might be. It's not. It might be. Okay. <laughs> it might come back and haunt me. I don't know, Mitch. <laughs> anyway, I want a thumbs up. It's super cute. Matt. That sounds like a very large gummy bear slash Yoda. Um, the flavor is a little strange. I'll give you that. But it's not a bad price for a very large gummy confection so i will go thumbs up yeah um yeah the price points not bad um considering you know the 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 size of that um i understand the fruit punch flavor i feel like fruit punch is probably less polarizing than like a lemon lime or something (laughs) like that especially for a gummy yeah i feel like fruit punch is going to get the most bang for your buck middle of the road exactly (laughs) um but yeah that said this sounds amazing, and I know what I might be doing after work tomorrow. <laughs> if only they could get, uh, you know, a grown-up Baby Yoda gummy. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to eat that either, and then that would just make me sad, and that would be expensive. Yeah, that, that is true. It'd <laughs> be way more than four ninety nine. Yeah. We'd have to go in on it, guys. Yeah. yeah. Splitsies. <laughs> <laughs> so... Another big release, another edit for the Chinese version. Uh, Warner Brothers issued a statement regarding Fantastic Beasts 3, which is out now. Um, And they had some minor editing. Uh, It says, quote, a six second cut was requested and Warner Brothers accepted those changes to comply with local requirements. But the spirit of the film remains intact. So the six seconds that they edited out for the Chinese version uh, supposedly contains two lines of dialogue at different points of the movie referencing the relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Now, I don't I don't know if officially like Warner Brothers or uh, Wizarding World or whatever was kind of making a big deal about it. But I know that like I saw on Facebook and Twitter and everything like people were kind of making a big deal about this movie like 
you know, like actually showing Dumbledore being gay and not just, oh, hey, I'm J.K. Rowling and I'm saying this after I've released all the books. <laughs> it was totally there, guys. How did you not see it? Um, but at the end of the day, like even, you know, like you can have all that fanfare, but if taking out six seconds and two lines of dialogue is enough for the Chinese diversion to be like, okay, this is not gay enough for us so we can show it then it wasn't uh, it wasn't gay enough to begin it, it with. wasn't gay enough to begin with you're right um, yeah. like i i just i have to give this whole thing a thumbs down like if you're just going to put in like two lines of dialogue to feed you know like it's not even fan service yeah. but for all intents and purposes fan service then just don't do anything Tabitha. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I wasn't planning on watching this anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting on the uh, Jude Law cut scenes <laughs> to show up on YouTube. To show up on YouTube with no sound, <laughs> and then I'll, be, then I'll watch that. Um, wasn't planning on watching this anyway, but I agree with you. If there were, if there was only that much they had to cut to, to take it from a, a gay movie to a straight movie. <laughs> There wasn't enough in there to qualify it as a gay film anyway, or like, I don't know. It makes me do like epic eye rolls over and over and over, so I'm going to give it thumbs down. Matt. My only question is, is that they also edit, give the same edit to Florida? (laughs) I'm just curious. Thumbs down. Probably. (laughs) So... Um, keeping with the uh, keeping with the gay theme, uh, this one is not <laughs> being edited. Um, so DC has announced more details about its DC Pride 2022 anthology. Uh, among them is a story called uh, "Finding Batman." It's written by longtime Batman voice actor Kevin Conroy, with art by Jay Bone and Adita Bidikar. Finding Batman is a personal story about Conroy's life as a gay man who plays Batman. Who here knew that Kevin Conroy was gay? Nope. Yep. Did you know? I, no, no, no. I mean, I, that yep was agreeing with you. I had no idea. No. no. Um, thumbs all the way up. You go, Kevin Conroy. Uh, I'm really interested to s- to see this story. Uh, Tabitha. Uh, yeah. Did not know that. Excited to see that. And excited to read that. <laughs> thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, that's, it's fantastic on pretty much every level. Um, Because for so many people, Kevin Conroy is, like, everybody talks about having their Batman. And for a lot of people, Kevin Conroy is their Batman. Um, And and some people may argue that he just voiced the character, so he just read the lines off the page. But in all reality, for as long as he has been voicing that character... He knows Batman probably better than some comic book writers who have written Batman for a short amount of time. Um, So essentially, who better to tell this kind of story than Kevin Conroy? So huge thumbs up. Kevin Conroy, you slay Dark Knight. Matt, let's talk about some allergy-free cats. (laughs) Is that a Catwoman joke? Are we trying to? I mean, say, uh, it's catnip. That would. Oh, that scene still makes me cringe. It was just so awkward. 
It's not even secondhand embarrassment. It's just oh okay. Um, so scientists are working on making hypoallergenic cats. Um, they have used CRISPR, which I had to look up because I wasn't exactly sure. Um, it's an acronym for clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. Yeah, it's a. This is like the biggest tongue twister episode we've ever had, and I don't like it. (laughs) I'm not awake enough for this. (laughs) Um, It's kind of essentially gene therapy, and they removed the protein uh, FELD1 without altering the other genes for a cat. Um, It's probably going to be years before kittens are actually allergy-free, but like they were able to remove that gene, which is what causes the actual allergic reaction. Um, so, cause what they found out is that people who are allergic to cats, um, are actually allergic to the fell D1 found in the cat's saliva and the, sal- and the skin glands and tears, which spread through the hair during grooming. So that's why people think they're allergic to cat hair because it's not actually the hair. Hmm. Cool. Didn't know, right? Never knew that. Interesting to know. Um, but um, they have had other studies that showed that targeting that fell D1 um, reduces allergy symptoms. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's like I said, it's probably years off from it actually being hypoallergenic cats to be able to live in houses. Um, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool because there are definitely people that would have and want cats but can't um, because of those allergens. Um so I'm going to go thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, anything to get more cats and more homes, total thumbs up. Also, Tabitha, you're not awake for this. I mean, you should be a geek awaken. I said the name of it on like page 150. <laughs> Tabitha. I hate, I hate you. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so part of, Okay. I know a lot of people are allergic to cats and there are some people that are allergic to cats that I just, I I love them dearly and I would never want them to suffer. However, one of my favorite things about being a cat owner when I was a cat owner is that you would tell people you own cats. They'd be like, well, I can never come to your house because I'm allergic. And I was like, good. (laughs) Stay out. It's how I like it. So like that, like. (laughs) You won't have that anymore? I wouldn't have that if I had an allergy. I would just tell them my cat wasn't allergen free. It's fine. I would lie. way more expensive there's so many allergies here and i don't have any money so stay away (laughs) (laughs) but uh i'm giving it a thumbs up because i agree with mitch the more cats that can be in homes for people who have cat allergies the better so daniel radcliffe and sandra bullock were doing a doing an interview with it's gone viral uh when the conversation turned to rumors regarding uh rant radcliffe Uh, being being cast as Wolverine. Uh, When he said that it's all Twitter speculation, Bullock turned to the camera and said, quote, Wolverine people, can you please just effing cast him? Uh, Just do it. Stop tiptoeing around and having people ask at press junkets. Just cast the man. Thumbs up to Sandra Bullock. You go, girl. Also, I... I know that it's just a rumor and, you know, like, I, I still don't know what the MCU has planned for X-Men, mm-hmm. um, but 
I would be oh, I I would be more than okay with Daniel Radcliffe cast as Wolverine. I think that that would just be just it'd be really cool. Yeah. Um. I don't know because it's weird because like with the MCU. Yeah, they cast their fair share of big stars in roles, but they also cast their fair share of, like, unknowns Mm -hmm. in big roles. So, like, I don't know, I don't know which route they would go with Wolverine, but um, if they go the Daniel Radcliffe route, I'd be okay with it. So, thumbs up all around, Tabitha. Thumbs up for Sandra Bullock. Like, that's, that was an incredible move. I wish more people would just call stuff out like that, like... (laughs) You're probably tired of listening to it, so just say it out loud. You know what I mean? So, thumbs up for her. I don't know how I feel about Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine. That would have to be something I would have to see it to believe it, kind of thing. (laughs) So, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give what Sandra Bullock did a giant thumbs up, and I'm gonna give the whole Daniel Radcliffe thing a mostly thumb sideways. Matt. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, good job for her for just coming out and saying, just stop beating around the bush. And you know, if you're gonna do it, do it. If you're gonna, if it's gonna happen, make it happen. You know, etc. Um, but as far as Daniel Radcliffe being Wolverine, I'm I'm on the fence on that. I just don't know. And I know Mitch, you said too, and it's true. Like they have made some not necessarily no names into household names and then they've taken stars and made them even bigger um, as far as the MCU goes. So they could go either route with Wolverine. Not that Daniel Radcliffe is a bad choice. I just think, I don't know, not like they've really made very many, if any bad choices, but it's just such a iconic. It's almost more iconic of a role than just about any other Marvel character. Um, plus I know he's not that tall, but, uh, it's big shoes to follow or fill for Hugh Jackman. So thumb sideways on the Daniel Radcliffe. Um, Tabitha, you have our last two stories of the night. The first one is our last story for gut reaction. And are we going on an all beer diet? Okay. If you want to, I guess. (laughs) So... I have weird stories this week. Did you guys notice that? Like the only like nerdy things Just I really this had. Week? I know, but like this was more, this was more than usual. Anyway, so I titled this "Beers for the Lord." Um, <laughs> Del Hall from Cincinnati, Ohio, has given up food for Lent for the fourth year in a row. For forty-six days, he only drinks beer. He does drink water to stay hydrated, but all of his calories for forty-six days come from beer. He has claimed for the past three years and this year that it makes him feel healthier and allows him an opportunity to raise money for charity. Going to quote Del Hall right here. It is a way to get back into a healthy mindset to look at food in a healthy way. I decided I'm going to turn this into a beer diet to show people that you can use beer in a healthy way and not vilify it as this evil alcohol. He lost 25 pounds on his liquid diet so far and he's feeling great in the process. Um, every year he uses his liquid diet to do some kind of charity event. I'm not sure how. I didn't look that far into it. But he's using it this year for the Ken Anderson Alliance, which is a nonprofit organization that helps adults with disabilities find work and other opportunities. This year he aims to raise $25,000 and is planning a unique 
bar crawl backed by local breweries on April 24th in Cincinnati. Hmm. Should anybody want to go? But yeah, thumbs up to him for his conviction. I can't imagine what my body would look like if I did nothing but drink beer for 46 days, considering how bloated it makes me. <laughs> I would be like Violet Beauregard. You'd have to be ro- you'd have to roll me around like I wouldn't even be like a real person anymore. I would just be full of beer, beer and yeast and gluten and wheat and I'd just die. But good for Del Hall. It's good enough for somebody. Thumbs <laughs> up for him. Okay, now now I'm thinking the picture for Instagram will be you as Violet and then Matt as an Oompa Loompa. There's some irony there. <laughs> Matt's hair awesome. is very long right now and last night I was playing with it and like I made it look like an Oompa Loompa and he was not happy with me. <laughs> also, if you haven't uh, thought about your wedding invitations, I'm just saying. <laughs> Matt, where's your thumb? <laughs> it's going to leave. In the chocolate factory. Oh, Ew! No. I deserved that. Yeah, you did. I deserved I didn't think before I talked. That's mm. how I get most of my shame. So... <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> Look how red Matt is, though. <laughs> Should be orange. <laughs> Thumbs up for him. Go on. <laughs> I'm just saying, why does he have to be extra? Drinking only beer for 46 days? I thought the limit was only 40 days. I'm just saying. <clears throat> You're being extra, man. I don't know the math on that. I don't know. Anyway, um, I don't, <laughs> don't know. Ask me. I guess you're doing it for charity, so that's fine. Thumbs up. <laughs> um, Tabitha, you also have, like I said, the last story of the night. Um, I'm not for sure if I'm pronouncing the name of this animal correctly because I've never s- seen this before. And when I skimmed through the article, like I, I had never seen this animal before. Uh, but it, it, javelina. That is correct. I actually wrote okay. out the pronunciation for myself because I didn't know either. Nice. So, yeah, let, let's talk about uh, a javelina's uh, new diet. Um, not beer for 40 however many days, but a javelina is this little creature. It's so it's, cute. It's like a cute no. little, it's kind of like a cute little pig, but, but super fuzzy. It's real cute. Anyway, so last week in Arizona, a javelina got stuck in someone's Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> um, javelinas are locally known as skunk pigs don't really know what that means but the hatchback to the Subaru had been left open overnight and the javelina jumped in to eat a bag of Cheetos that was left in the car <laughs> the javelina got into the car and that shook the hatch closed and it got trapped <laughs> it managed to lick the Cheeto bag crumbless and made an unsuccessful attempt to escape the car according to the sheriff's oh, office no. In the process of trying to get out after it had consumed its Cheetos, it tore through the dashboard and the passenger door. It also managed to knock the car into neutral, and it rolled out of the driveway and across the street. But when they got there, they just opened the door, and the javelina was like, hey, thanks, man, and just ran off. (laughs) And now the javelina is also drinking Mountain Dew and playing video games. Yes. One for a hit and run. (laughs) (laughs) It's begun its transformation. <laughs> and it's all 
and it also runs into Tabitha at Barnes and Noble and just, starts asking her questions. Just needs a basement to live in. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I would react if that was my car. Like on the one hand, like I'd clearly be very upset, but then <laughs> I would see this little skunk pig and be like, "Oh my god, skunk pig!" Go ahead and, you know, like, destroy my house because you're going to live in it now because you're now my pet. Yeah. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah. This is how I end up with a javelina as a pet. I would be like, oh, my God, it was so hungry. It broke into my car. Come live in my house. How do you file that with your insurance company, though? Act of God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> I guess first you have to find out, do javelinas eat geckos? Yes, that is a good question. Yeah. Or emus. Yeah. Why would just... <laughs> oh, yeah, liberty yeah. mutual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to figure out... ducks. Yeah, the Aflac yeah. duck, yeah. Why are all these insurance commercials represented by creatures? Does Aflac do car? I don't know. I don't think so. I was so. just looking for another creature yeah. that did insurance. But still. I don't know. Yeah, why, why are we trusting our health car... A home insurance to to animals. I don't know. That's a marketing tactic I've never really thought about. Wild. I mean, I'm gonna create an insurance company, and it, my mascot's gonna be a javelina, <laughs> the Cheeto fingers. I Cheeto hooves. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> I mean, I I ditch my insurance for for that. Yeah, same. Yeah, that would be. I mean, what do you what are you gonna charge? Well, like, how how much would you charge me for? car insurance full coverage i don't know man i drove a vibe (laughs) fair you're not getting liability coverage here mitch (laughs) fair (laughs) maybe i'll just stick with the insurance i have it's probably a good idea (laughs) so all right well um i think this is a good spot to end so that we can all go out and search for howlinas uh so that's going to do it for this episode of geek awakens uh, we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, uh, follow us on social media. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, from all of us here at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Everybody say bye. Bye.